MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Good Monday morning, Tim Murray and Don King filling in for Mitch and Paul on this Christmas week. Hey, the first hour of our show, as always, brought to you by Bet Rivers, exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Get a 100%. First deposit match match bonus now with the code 250MATCH. Must be 21 or older. Offer not valid in all areas. Check BetRivers.com for full offer details and rules. So we still got four games left in week 15, which is, which is a beautiful thing. I know the circumstances, not beautiful, but as a fan of football, we get two games today, two games on Tuesday. Not too shabby. That's Sean King. He won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, our next uh, next guest knows a thing or two about winning in the NFL. It is our own Michael Lombardi. I always like to say that Michael Lombardi, host of the Lombardi line here on Visa, and of course, uh, NFL exec for many, many years, and I won a couple of Super Bowls as well. Hey, Michael, I was sitting on my couch on Saturday night, as I'm one to do, got the game on in front of me, and what do I see but Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time, wearing a Daily Coach hoodie. How about that? I mean, you can't ask for a better product placement than that. The GOAT is wearing your hoodie. 
Yeah, and he wore it all week during the the whole week. It was great. No, I mean, you know, look, he's a huge supporter and he's a great, great, great friend. And, and I appreciate him doing that, you know. So it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I love seeing that. And Mike Reese, the beat writer for the for the ball, for the ESPN, sent me the picture uh, that he posted online. So it was fun. Yeah, my son told me, he said, Dad, I think he's been in it all week, you know. So <laughs> it's a good thing. What one thing about Belichick now, one thing about Belichick, whatever he wears on Monday, there's a really good chance he'll be in that same thing on Friday. <laughs> And there's a real good chance that I'll be texting you an address here shortly, Mike, because uh, I'd love to have a couple of rock, too. Product placement, I'm all about it. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's the good thing about it. We've got a lot of requests for that. I told the, I told the guys at the Daily Coach, we need to start we need to start selling those bad boys. They look, they look good on them, you know? So, but it was, it was great. I appreciate them. It's just, he's such a great friend, and I can't thank him enough. We're talking to Michael Lombardi, uh, of course, host of the Lombardi line, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern here on VEASAN. Check him out on the weekends. Always a great, great listen. He and Patrick on the weekends from 10 to noon Eastern as they prepare you for college football on Saturday and the NFL on Sunday. And now NFL on Saturdays as well. You know, it, it's the name of the game right now, and I'll get Sean all fired up, is is analytics, uh, you know, Brandon Staley. <laughs> Uh, struggling, and Sean's already shaking his head and grinding his teeth over here, Michael. Uh, John Harbaugh, uh, once again, look, if if this is the way you're going to do it, I guess, you know, go down swinging. Uh, I don't agree with it. I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, he goes for it on fourth and goal from around the three and a half on the first drive of the game. No points to come away with. End of the game, it's 31 to 30, 40 seconds to go. They go for two. So I'm curious your thoughts on on where a lot of these coaches are headed now, uh, really just bathing in analytics. Well, I, I think analytics is important. I do. I, I do. I'm not an anti-analytic guy. I am a game situation guy. And, you know, I know that, you know, when he decided to had a great drive, fourth down, had a great drive in the first quarter, and he doesn't, you know, he can't get the ball in the end zone. So he tries to get it in. Like, why not take the three points there? Like, there's nothing wrong with three points. There's nothing wrong with it. And eventually it adds up, you know, it adds up. And, and look, it cost him the game, essentially, before we get to the two-point play. It cost him, because if he puts those three points on the board, you know, he's, he's closer to Green Bay. And so for me, if you were going to do this, he's down. I mean, this is one of the worst beats. If you had Green Bay at five and a half, mm-hmm. or if you had Green Bay at six and a half, this is one of the worst beats you could ever imagine. And it's all on Matt LaFleur here. Because the situation is simply this. When they made it 31 to 24 or 31 to 23, John Harbaugh, if he wanted to go for two to win the game, he should have gone for it then. Yep. Then go for it. And now you go for it to tie the game. But the, but to tie the game – you know, when you have the greatest field goal kicker in history, why not keep continuing the game? And I know, look, they couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers. However, however, when the game was 31 to 24, and I was, you know, and I had recommended Green Bay at five and a half, uh, you know, during the week, and it obviously ran away because of Lamar Jackson news, which, which we said he wasn't going to play last Monday. But anyway, uh, you know, when it got 30, I said to myself, well, floor's got to treat this game as if it's, no, it's tied. Because if he punts the ball back, they're going to score. They never stopped them during the day. They never had control of the game to win the game. See, this is what I think analytics misses. And I don't care what anybody says, all the groups, all the – you have to assess who's in control of the game and who's in the lead. 
And I think that at that point, you know, Baltimore was never not in control of the game. They could move the ball. Say they win the toss, Tim, Sean. They could have gone down and scored a touchdown against them. They never stopped them. They never stopped them. And I think I don't the, want to hear about the lack of corners. They never Green Bay could never they Green they were throwing the hitch in front of Stokes for eight yards like it was like a like I'm going like when I go to the bakery eat donuts. I mean it was just taking it. <laughs> and, and Mike, to hammer home your point, you're talking about Tyler Huntley starting. Lamar Jackson was out. Tyler ended up playing a phenomenal football game, but there were some unknowns coming into it. The first drive of the game on First and goal, they ran for two yards, incomplete on second and third down, kicked the field goal. And see, here's why I'm so anti-analytics. Once you make that decision early in the game to go for it on fourth, it's almost like an obligation now to do everything on the risky side of analytics the remainder of the game. And I think it's a crutch that coaches are using so that they're not held accountable for these game management decisions, but it's ultimately costing teams games. Uh, You look at well, Coach Staley on Thursday night. Oh. I mean, come on, this is, it's getting ridiculous. Well, I mean, and then the analytical crowd will tell you that you that you are basically a dinosaur if you don't understand it. I mean, there's a there's a small movement, you know, that that says it. Now we've taken this. Look, I get it in basketball. Three point shot is better than a two point shot, right? But you know, I get that. But in football, it's about who's in control, who's in the lead, and how it applies on a situational basis, not on just go look at your sheet and go for it all the time. I mean, the way Staley coached, why didn't he even have his kicker there? He should have gone for two points every time. He should have gone for the two point conversion every time. I mean, seriously, like, why not? If you're going to come it down to one play, isn't two better than one? Like, right. there's no consistency with his thought. And, and Harbaugh's the same way. I mean, he's cost his team a chance to be in the playoffs. Now, you could say, well, the execution was good, but I thought Aaron Rodgers said it well when they asked Aaron Rodgers about analytics. Aaron Rodgers said it's all predicated on the situation. And who can best evaluate the situation than the coach at the game? I think that's really important. And Harbaugh, to me, I know his defense was was limited yesterday. I know if they would have lost the toss, Aaron Rodgers might have scored a touchdown, they would have lost. But at least you gave yourself a chance. And, Mike, and maybe if they won the toss, maybe they would have scored. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. And, and, Mike, I'll say this. In college, I would be much more analytics friendly because if you're in an elite program, the amount of times that you're going to play light competition is so few. I get it. But in that league, with that parity, it's hard to gain three yards. I mean, it's hard in those situations when the defense knows if we get off the field, if we make one play, we're off the field. I just don't think they take those factors into account. And I know we got a lot of topics, but this is a sore spot for me because guys are really out there battling. And these coaches, to me, are costing teams games, and that's sad to see. Well, and the other thing, too, Sean, is that, that the, because the analytical crowd has a strong voice, that they don't, they don't get ripped for it. I mean, I, I said this, I tweeted this out on Saturday on, on when Staley was doing it Thursday night. Ten years ago, he would have been he would have been vilified. He would have been you know he would have been vilified. He would have been fired. I mean, that, nobody would have tolerated John Harbaugh. Nobody would. But because it's called now, we've put it under the umbrella of analytics. It's smart. You know, before it was like, what are we doing? I mean, like people said, why did Belichick kick that field goal? Well, Belichick kicked that field goal because he felt like he was in control of the game, mm-hmm. okay? He felt like he was going to get two more possessions back, all right? Now, it was a very spin, small margin of error, very small margin, right? He thought he did get the ball back one time. He closed the gap. 
If Hightower makes that tackle in the hole on 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 the running back, and Jonathan right, Taylor on third down. Yep. If he, they're going to get the ball back, right? They're going to get the ball back, and they're probably going to. They might win the game. They might score a touchdown. At least get the game to overtime. So, I mean, that's why he did it. Talk once again to Michael Lombardi. Catch him on, of course, the Lombardi line later today. He and Patrick Maher will be uh, previewing and breaking down the weekend and looking at the two games. Uh, we just got a couple minutes, Michael. Uh, we've got Minnesota right now, six-and-a-half-point favorite at Chicago tonight. Your regularly scheduled Monday nighter. And then Cleveland still don't know if Baker and uh, Case Keenum are going to be available, but slowly but surely they're getting pieces back. They're now a three-point favorite at home against Las Vegas. So uh, on our way out, any thoughts on on what to expect later today? Well, I mean, look, I think Cleveland's going to get a bunch of guys back. I can't imagine that that number's posted at three because Baker's not playing or Case Keenum. I mean, does it really matter the way Baker plays? I mean, Keenum can come in and just do as well. So, you know, I mean, it's really the Raiders. What's going to be their temperament in terms of playing in the cold on a Friday, on a, on a, on a Monday night at 5 o'clock on the Great Lake Erie? I think this will be a challenge. Uh, the Browns have got to be able to rush Carr and hit him early in the game so they get him off schedule. Once they do that, they can get control of the game. Tonight, I don't understand the line. I mean, Chicago, I, I'm not a big Chicago fan or a Matt Nagy, but Minnesota never plays well in Chicago. It's a little bit like last night. I mean, Tampa never struggles against Dennis Allen's defense. I mean, they just do. And, and so I think history does preclude itself here. Chicago at six seems like a hell of a bet. Yeah, and it's it's moving, man. It, it might get up to seven. There's one spot I see. Uh, DraftKings looks like they have a seven out there. So uh, if you're patient, you might be able to grab a full touchdown with the home team. Hey, Michael, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks, guys. And uh, we will uh, we'll be hearing you later today. All right, good to see you, Mike. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys. There he is, Michael Lombardi. Check out the Lombardi line later today, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, as he and Patrick Maher will be breaking down uh, the Monday Nighters. About the Daily Coach hoodie. I like it. I Man, get one. Yeah, we do need to get some of those. Thank you to Michael Lombardi. Let's get to those Monday night games. We got two of them coming up. Look at that. And then to break, it is Follow the Money here on VEASAN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. 
Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. What do you want from your sportsbook? Great odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, you get great odds and great payouts all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with the code VSIN2K to get two risk-free bets up to 2 thousand bucks plus as the official sports bet part sports book partner of NBC sports points bet is giving you a free ten dollar live bet to use during Sunday night football every week for the rest of the regular season terms and conditions apply void where prohibited must be 21 or over gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral service alongside Sean King I am Tim Murray it is follow the money sitting in for the guys today Mitch and Paul taking uh Take a little vacation, you know, making sure that they are all set and ready to go for Santa to slide down the chimney. They'll be back next week uh, recapping everything uh, and uh, diving fully into uh, week 16. And we will get to uh, some of those odds. But, you know, as uh, as we felt a lot a lot last year, Sean, with with covid uh, being as uh, as rampant as it was last year, um, we've got two games today, two games tomorrow and a nice little, if you include college football, triple header because you got early games, got 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Got Tulsa and Old Dominion down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on the teal turf, mm-hmm. uh, the surf turf down there. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as, the, uh, as the show goes on. But 
Uh, first up, Las Vegas and Cleveland. Boy, what a roller coaster ride this game has been. If you just look at the point spread, and you know this thing opened way back last week, Sean. Uh, you looked at you know Cleveland. Uh, I think they were as high as minus five, and then it flipped. Obviously, with the, the anticipation that this game. Remember, this is supposed to be on Saturday afternoon. Now it's on Monday afternoon, and at this point in time, it's pretty consensus across the board that Cleveland is laying three. Um, you know, we talked to Johnny Avello from DraftKings on Friday night on the nightcap, uh, and he mentioned that you know DraftKings, their house rules were if the game gets played in Week 15, that was their house rules. That's a live bet. But other places, uh, they've probably they might have rebooked them. So as uh, as I'm sure the guys would say, and, and everyone on this network, you know, always always check your house rules. But Cleveland laying three right now against Las Vegas. Still don't have official word, but as Michael Lombardi pointed out, and I think most of us uh, anticipate one of those quarterbacks, whether it be Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield, I would I would have the hunch that they're going to play, uh, get off the COVID list, even though they're not off it yet. So when you look at Cleveland and Las Vegas, what jumps out at you? Well, I like Cleveland, and, you know, Mike alluded to it, there's not really a difference, in my opinion, between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. Case Keenum filled in earlier in the season versus the Broncos, and the offense was fine. So as long as one of those quarterbacks plays, I really like Cleveland. And here's why. The last four games, the Raiders have had real issues protecting the quarterback, giving up a little over three sacks a game. Well, now they get Miles Garrett in that defensive front in Cleveland. So I think that's going to be a nightmare for Carr, who seems to get rattled, especially when you pressure him early in a game, uh, a team that still doesn't have their best weapon in Darren Waller. So I just think the Browns are a safe play here. I think you're actually getting some added line benefit because of all the supposed issues with COVID. But the game being pushed back, the NFL pushed it back for a reason. And I fully expect the Cleveland to have most of their components. i like them to cover the three versus the Raiders. And they've changed up the rules a little bit uh, over the weekend uh, when it comes to uh, how you know they're testing and how you could get off the uh, off the COVID list. So uh, we'll see who ultimately comes off the list. I mean, this is what they've dealt with. And you know, head to Veasan.com. We've got the uh, the COVID nineteen uh, tracker. Uh, but Baker Mayfield was added. You know, middle of the week. Then Case Keenum the following day. Kareem Hunt there. Uh, I would anticipate Jarvis Landry and a lot of those folks to to get taken off. Uh, the list here today. You know, what has been, I mean, for the Browns, we talked about the AFC North, and uh, I, I had a preseason ticket at plus 150. We'll see what happens uh, <laughs> for them to win the division. Uh, they're sitting at seven and six, um, you know, and this is for them playoff-wise and all that. I mean, looking at the Raiders, what what has gone wrong with the Raiders here lately? You know, Darren Waller, obviously him being Absent, but this is a team, Sean, that has now lost five of their last six games. The only win in there was that surprising win on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but the, for the Raiders, you've got the Browns this week on the road. Then you're home to the Broncos. Uh, you've got the Colts still left, the Chargers. I mean, it's tough sledding for the Raiders to close out this year. I know a lot of people were able to grab them at seven wins on the over-under uh, preseason. And it certainly doesn't feel like it's a slam dunk for them to get the eight wins now when you look at you know, the remaining schedule there. So what has been the biggest issue for the Raiders and what would lead you to lay the points with the Browns here today? Well, where do you start? <laughs> I mean, you lose your head coach for the season. You lose first, both first-round draft picks from uh, was two years ago. Mm-hmm. 
you use your you lose your best offensive player and Darren Waller, Kenyon Drake has gotten injured. Denzel Perriman wasn't available. Your leading tackler on defense for the Chiefs game. I mean, it's just been one hit after another for Rich Basaccia in this tenure as interim head coach for the fired John Gruden. So most teams, when they're fully healthy, it's still very difficult to win a game in the NFL. When you have all of the missing pieces that the Raiders do, I just don't think, you know, you're going to be very optimistic that they can get it done. Now you have a change in schedule. The owner, Mark Davis, has already came out and said how unfair he thinks it is that because his team wasn't dealing with the COVID issues that they had to reschedule everything on their end. They would have rather Cleveland come to Las Vegas. That didn't happen, so... I just think everything points to Cleveland being healthy, and they're the better team. They're playing at home, a Raiders team that wishes this game had already been played. So I like Cleveland. I think they win comfortably. Yeah, and uh, I'm just, you know, Wyatt Teller, Jer- uh, Jedrick Willis, uh, they're on the COVID list. Who knows if they get uh, taken off here for the Browns. So a lot to keep an eye on. I mean, Kevin Stefanski was on the uh, on the COVID list there for the Browns as well. Uh, but in the AFC North, I mean, for Cleveland, and I, Obviously, them dealing with with all the COVID issues, but now you're kind of looking at this situation, Sean, where they were supposed to play on Saturday. They now have to play on Monday afternoon. And, oh, by the way, as of right now, that game against the Packers isn't moving. That's a Saturday afternoon. That's a Christmas Day game uh, that they now have to turn around and play the Green Bay Packers. And for the Packers, you know, we mentioned their schedule and the the potential for them uh, to win this division, or sorry, to win the conference and, and take the number one seed. I mean, this is, as Mark Davis was correctly pointed out, this is a disadvantage to the Raiders. It's not, you know, those were the rules. They still moved the game. But this is a big advantage, in my opinion, for the Green Bay Packers, who are trying to lock up the number one seed and one of the toughest games, if not the toughest game, remaining on their schedule, a home tilt against the Browns. Now you've got a Browns team that will be coming off a short work week, traveling to your place uh, on Christmas Day, uh, and you've got a full week to prepare for them. So uh, it is a, it, it's just a one-day you know, leg up, but still an advantage there for the Green Bay Packers as they try to lock up the one seed. Yeah, absolutely. Again, the NFL had very limited right. options in this scenario. You know, They didn't anticipate or expect, I'm sure, having an uptick yeah. in guys testing positive for COVID that were vaccinated and asymptomatic. So I think that's why you see them adjusting the rules about when and how often they're testing vaccinated players. So... It's difficult, but they're professionals. They got to get it done. You know, we'll see if they can. I do like Cleveland tonight, cover uh, minus the three points at home. So Josh Jacobs, uh, last couple of games for him, uh, limited against the Chiefs, uh, just nine carries, twenty-four yards. Well, when you fumble the opening <laughs> carry, you know that kind of tends to happen. Right. Uh, Thirteen for fifty-two against Washington. Over under. Uh, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, sitting at fifty-eight and a half rushing yards for Josh Jacobs. Is he able to get something going tonight uh, against Cleveland? I don't think so. I think, you know, I just, I'm very, very high on Cleveland's defense. And, and even if the majority of those guys are playing tonight, which it looks like they are, yep. I don't think the, lay, uh, the Raiders have a lot of success. You know, I just think on the road, Cleveland has a very intelligent, high football IQ, home crowd. They know when to be loud. They're going to make it very difficult, difficult to communicate. I can see Cleveland doubling Hunter Renfro forcing uh, D-Car to try and find the fo- someone else to throw the football to. And uh, the Raiders haven't really run the football effectively against anyone, so I don't think anything changes versus what everyone considers to be an elite 
level Cleveland defense. If you look at just the season uh, for Josh Jacobs, he's only gone over 58 and a half yards two times this year. It was uh, Thanksgiving against Dallas and then a Sunday afternoon game against the Giants. Other than that, it's been under. So uh, if you want to look at that and kind of how he's been going, maybe look towards the under on Josh Jacobs at 58 and a half rushing yards, especially going against uh, that defense there in Cleveland. So right now the number sitting at three, that game coming up five o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Pacific. We'll get to the normally scheduled uh, Monday night game later on in the hour. Save 50% off of VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video. It's all in one package, 39 bucks. vcin.com slash subscribe. The good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. That's next right here on Follow the Money. VSEN, the sports betting network. Sign up for a play card, debit MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with the direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank NA member FDIC. Good. Pretty, pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. The bad. I've had it with this dump. Got no food. Got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. And the ugly. First of all, that's horrible. Wow, that was the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend that was. It is follow the money. No, don't change the dial. Yes, it is the nightcap crew, but we're up early as Mitch and Paul are taking the week off. That is Sean King, Super Bowl champ. I am Tim Murray at Real Sean King on Twitter at one Tim Murray. I like to start positive on a Monday morning. Sitting back on Saturday, turning on the tube, and ah, when your bet is twenty to nothing after three quarters, you're feeling real good. <laughs> Feeling real good. Now, things got a little nerve-wracking at the end there with the Colts and the Patriots, but always trust in Wisconsin's Jonathan Taylor busting off that 67-yard touchdown run, which, by the way, maybe should have gotten down, but anyone who had a teaser leg tied to the Patriots up to eight, eight and a half, yeah, you were screaming for him to get down. He did not. He gets into the end zone. Colts win 27-17. As we talked about with Chris Andrews, and I'm sure the guys here on this show discussed, this was a very trendy dog, and the square dog does not come home. And, oh, by the way, me and Sean had a little cigar bet on this one. We did. We, we split our cigar bets. We do that from time to time on our show. We've got a season tally running, and I believe we're still even. <laughs> no, we, I'm, up. I'm up one. I'm up one. Are you? Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that. Let's see. We'll have to check those. Check those records. You're the official note keeper, so it might have been a, a slip up there. But Colts uh, get a cover and uh, blow up teasers as well. So uh, a good result in the NFL for your boy as they win 27 to 17. The bad for me, I didn't bet my guy Bailey Zappi. I, I don't know what was wrong with me, Sean. Dun, 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 dun. I got spooked. I got spooked all season long. All I've heard is Baylor 
zappy this, Baylor zappy that. And you finally get a chance to capitalize and you back down. You know, it's like when, I don't know, yeah, I had a buddy in college mm-hmm. who always loved the chase. You know, getting the girl's number, you know, finally getting her interested. And then as soon as she showed interest, he was like, I'm out. I'm good. He just, he liked the chase. Western Kentucky became too sexy. Everyone's talking about Bailey Zappi towards the end of the year. And I got spooked. And here's the worst thing. The total was 68 and a half. I'm looking at it thinking, got to take the over, right? I mentioned being a square dog. That seems super square. Well, it's hip to be square uh, with Western Kentucky and Appalachian State. 59 to 38. That was the old rocking chair situation. You would have sat back. If you had Western Kentucky. If you had the over. If you put them together in a parlay. <laughs> everything hit. And Bailey Zappi, shout out to Bailey Zappi, as he broke Joe Burrow's record most touchdown passes in the history of FBS football. He just threw six touchdowns. 33 of 47. The Hilltoppers destroy Appalachian State. Anyone out there who profited on off of that congrats i did not i was a fool that was the bad but the most foolish decision and a one where i actually lost money the thundering herd of marshall you know dogs are covering in bowl season like crazy right they're six and two against the spread so far through eight games they've been barking left and right winning outright they're four and four straight up Got some nice caches, Middle Tennessee, plus 300 and change. So we go into Saturday night, Sean. I've got a nice elaborate write-up on vcin.com. We've got a little bankroll on the nightcap. I've got 450 of my $1,000 one way or another wrapped up in Marshall, either plus the points or a little dabble on the money line. And it's 21 to 16 going into the fourth quarter. I'm feeling all right, especially catching the points. All right. Give up a touchdown. Maybe we respond. Louisiana, without their head coach. Now they've got their new head coach. I recognize that. Outscores Marshall 20 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And as good as I felt with the Colts winning, that game ends. Marshall falls apart. And Marshall, the ugly for me, plus the five, they below it so there you go there is my uh there is my ugly for the weekend as louisiana comes back and uh not only beats the thundering herd they get the cover so my good the bad and the ugly sean all right what my have you? good is all week long i said that my best bowl bet of the early part of the bowl season was utah state on the money line when you get these group of five teams that are really talented that have a chip on their shoulder that are playing in the middle of the road power five team. The group of five team always has a great chance. I loved Utah State because of the head coach, Blake Anderson, and their quarterback, Logan Bonner. Guess what? Logan Bonner got injured. So all the props go to Connor Lagasse, who filled in and made throw after throw after throw. Shout out to that Aggie program. They were trying to figure out how did they win their conference, and they're more than a touchdown underdog to a middle-of-the-road Pac-12 team. And you know what? They proved their point. So congratulations, Aggies. Congratulations, Blake Anderson. And good luck moving forward. The bat. I've been on the Mac Jones train from the beginning. I told anybody that would listen and everybody that didn't listen, I still continue to tell them. Mac Jones was the best quarterback 
in this entire draft class. I said it before the draft. I said it during the draft, and I've consistently said it post-draft. I actually have the Patriots 16-1 to to win the AFC. That's how much I believe in Bill Belichick and his rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. For the first time all season, Mac played like a rookie. This was a game that Carson Wentz did everything possible to gift wrap the New England Patriots a road victory. And they couldn't catch any of his six interceptions that he attempted to throw. But in spite of that, if Mac Jones doesn't turn the football over and plays with a little more composure, guess what? The CEO of the dog pound gets to bark a little bit. But hey, got to take the good and the bad and mix them together sometimes. So I'm not completely upset at Mac. But it was bad on Saturday. It's almost like someone told you that Mac Jones going on the road would be a tricky spot. Can I finish my part of the segment, please? Okay, now the ugly. <laughs> Listen, I'm looking at BYU. I had said when they were undefeated, I would love to see what the college football playoff committee would do if BYU ran the table because all they did all year was beat up on the Pac-12. Well, they slipped up, and sometimes you slip up in football. But I just knew with Kalani Sataki getting an extension, BYU getting ready to move to the Big 12 shortly, that they were going to railroad woodshed the Blazers of Alabama, Birmingham. But guess what? I did not account for Dwayne McBride. Shout out to the young man, rushed for 183 yards. And not only did BYU not cover, they lost outright. So, Mr. Sataki. Can you get it together, please? People are wagering on the fact that you and your soon-to-be Power 5 team can handle business in the bowl game. The other ugly, and this is about as ugly as ugly gets, you know. (laughs) I saw all these COVID issues around the National Football League. I just watched Tom Brady look like MVP Tom Brady from his mid-30s last week against the Buffalo Bills. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, Tampa Bay fell asleep at the wheel. I took that and I said, Bruce Aarons is going to have the boys ready to go. The best bet of all of Sunday is Tampa minus 11. And, you know, I'm not a math wizard, genius, guru, but I think it's hard to cover by 11 if you don't score. That is hard. Confirmed. And I'm not a contrarian, but I might just bet if I can find 200 to 1 that neither team scores a touchdown. I might just make that like a rolling bet for every game. How about that? Bucks not only lose to the Saints, they don't score a point. So that's pretty ugly. But what does make this even uglier is the fact that the Bucks, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and all Leonard Fournette left the game with injury. So hopefully. These aren't season-ending because they all will be needed if the Bucks are to go from ugly to good. All right, there you go. The good, bad, and the ugly from the weekend that was uh, really a personal uh, a touch on that one. All uh, all relating our bets from the weekend that was. Yeah, uh, I was early on BYU, and as we got closer to kickoff, I had it under a touchdown, and I just felt like, I was like, ah, this is the wrong side. Jaron Hall was ruled out, the quarterback for BYU. They go to Romney. They've played multiple guys. No excuses. Yeah. You're supposed to beat BYU. I mean, UAB. Well, shout out to Bill Clark. Bill Clark has done a phenomenal job uh, with that program. So uh, people were wondering about motivation when it comes to BYU going to Shreveport. I said, ah, that's hogwash. They knew they were going there. Uh, they were disappointed. There's no doubt about it. So uh, bad play on my behalf to uh, rolling with BYU under a touchdown. The dogs were barking, except for Marshall, which, uh, you know. And they barked a lot. They just didn't bite. 
Like they ran up to the fence and scared everybody walking down the sidewalk. But when somebody came inside the fence, they went in the doghouse. A couple more thoughts on what unfolded yesterday in the NFL. And we talked about the early Monday nighter. We got a late Monday nighter. Chicago and Minnesota thoughts on that. Jay Gruden, he will join us top of the hour. It's Follow the Money here on VEASAN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
VSEN, the sports betting network. The college bowl season, it has kicked off. Dogs are barking. VSEN has got you covered with our all new bowl betting guys. Not too late to jump in, folks. Yes, there's been plenty of games, but still plenty more to come. A game every day this week. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. Whether you're going to bet on every game from here on out, want to find a few key spots, we've got you covered with our college bowl betting guy. They can give you that edge that you need. Get your digital copy today. Only $19.99. Head on over to vsin.com slash Bowl Guide alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Top of the hour, former Washington football head coach Jay Gruden and coach of Sean King, question mark? Yeah, yeah, it's my guy. He'll be joining us at the top of the hour. A lot to get to with uh, with Coach Jay Gruden. What did he, he was doing double duty, right? When he was Yeah, down. he was coaching uh, NFL. And I mean, uh, AFL, AFL, right? I mean, the Orlando, uh, Pred- yeah, Orlando Predators. Was it the- it's a part-time player, full-time coach, <laughs> and I think he was a coach, GM, like mayor, everything, like honorary mayor of Orlando. Like he was a dude over there. I remember we went and hung out with him a couple times, and we met him in a couple spots, and he had like reserved sections. <laughs> so, like I thought I was big time in Tampa. He was big time in Orlando. Yeah, he <laughs> he was the head coach of the team, and then I think he retired and then played again. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, – but, yeah, he was coming over and helping out as an assist. Did he work with you in the quarterbacks? He did. Yeah? He did. All right, we'll talk to Jay Gruden, Sean's former coach, uh, coming up at the top of the hour, get his thoughts on the NFL, uh, a, a coach, a player that he coached very closely. And, uh, look, he stood on the table for us, especially early on in his time in Washington was Kirk Cousins. He's on the field tonight uh, against the Chicago Bears on the road uh, and, you know, this is uh, – we had Michael Lombardi on earlier this hour. Uh, I don't have a play on this game, um, but it was uh, – you know, this number continues to steam towards Minnesota, and, uh, you know, DraftKings has it at seven now. Uh, some other spots I see a juice six and a half. Here where we sit at Circa and other spots in town, mostly at six and a half as well in favor of Minnesota. On the road at Chicago tonight, is this a spot to take some points – with the Chicago Bears. Why would you take the points when you can bet Chicago on the money line? I'm the CEO of the dog pound. Except when you bet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me give you some numbers. Since 2001, the Chicago Bears are 16-4 and versus the Minnesota Vikings. In the last six meetings versus Minnesota, these are all with Matt Nagy as head coach. The Bears are 5-1. and Jakeem Grant Sr., Demir Bird, two dynamic skill guys, kind of jumped out from nowhere in the Green Bay game. Don't forget, at halftime, the Bears were up 27 to 21. Justin Fields ran for 74 yards. Started really looking like a top of the first round rookie quarterback from a talent standpoint. I like where Chicago's headed. Minnesota struggles with this team. Why would anything change? I like Chicago to win the game outright. I'll have a money line play on the Chicago Bears. If you don't want to assume all that risk, I definitely love Chicago plus the points. Yeah, we've got another Kirk in primetime situation. Um, And uh, he is historically, uh, obviously, if you just look at trends, not been uh, great against the number. Yeah, laying laying a touchdown the road. You know how Aaron Rodgers says he owns the Bears? Yeah. The Bears own the Vikings. 
Like, that's their little stepbrother. Like, they beat him up, push him in the back, you know, and say they didn't do anything. So, I, I'm going with Chicago to win this game outright. I think they're going to shock some people tonight. I really do. And they haven't played yet this year. Uh, they, they play, obviously, tonight, Monday night in Chicago, and then they close up the season uh, on the road at Minnesota. For Minnesota, you know, in a uh, jumbled uh, NFC playoff picture, they still have a chance. I mean, they, you know, win last week. Uh, you know, the thing for Minnesota, which was when this team is rolling, Dalvin Cook is, you're, you're taking that ball out of the hands of, of Kirk Cousins, and Dalvin Cook is doing Coming what he off did. of a 200-yard I mean, he was against Pittsburgh. He was remarkable against Pittsburgh. 205, two touchdowns, 27 carries, and, you know, that was Pittsburgh coming back. I know that something jumped out at you there uh, with Pittsburgh that you liked. If you're wondering about prop bets, Dalvin Cook over under at DraftKings, 91 and a half. So does he keep it rolling, Sean? Is this something, you know, when you look at the Bears, can they slow down Dalvin Cook? I think they can, but I don't think they have to. I just think the trend says that Chicago, for whatever reason, when you play division opponents, there's a lot of familiarity there. You understand their schemes. You understand their personnel. And it just seems like Mac Nagy, and I, it's shocking that I'm saying this, has Zimmer's numbers. So I don't think anything changes. I, I'm going Bears' money line. I really am. And I'm not saying they're going to completely shut down Dalvin Cook, but I'm going with Chicago. I think they're a very, very live dog this afternoon. All right, there you go. That's uh, the evening game uh, with the Bears taking on the uh, Minnesota Vikings. There you go. Got a little uh, graphic there for those of you checking us out, wherever you may be tuning in this morning. Dalvin Cook over under 92.5. David Montgomery, our guy Brad Evans, uh, go-to guy. Mandatory Montgomery. He's a baller. I like David Montgomery a lot. Um. You know, going back to what we saw last night and, and the MVP market, because uh, I do a, a daily hit in Milwaukee, and they were talking about Rodgers for MVP last week. I said, look, Tom Brady's going to win this award. I mean, it's, it's Brady's. Look at the schedule that they play down the stretch. Brady's winning this award. Mm-hmm. He was odds on to win it last week. He was minus 150, depending on where you looked around that thereabouts. And Aaron Rodgers was plus 550 or so. Now, Sean, I just saw points bet, and a lot of these other markets out there haven't reposted MVP odds just because we still have games to play. Um, but you look at DraftKings. Aaron Rodgers is now the favorite at DraftKings. Points bet, he was not the favorite. Uh, at points bet, I saw that it was, uh, I think, plus 120 Brady, plus 160 Aaron Rodgers. But how would you handicap the MVP race right now because now the Packers have slid in front of the Buccaneers for the top seed in the NFC. Now they had the tie break going into this weekend, but now they sit 11 and three and the Bucks sit at 10 and four. I still think it's a very narrative driven award. Tom Brady's 44 years old, but how much did last night hurt him? No points against the New Orleans Saints or is it time to buy in on Tom Brady if you haven't gotten in already? You know, I've said this quite a bit on the Nightcap, our show. It, it's been an emotional roller coaster, you know, for NFL MVP. It's stock up one week, stop down, stock down the next. And, and I've continually said, just pick the guy you like the most and bet him. Because Matthew Stafford, some kind of way, has the third lowest odds on this list. So, I mean, that tells you, I mean, how in flux this race is. So, Will Tom Brady win it? 
probably should at 44 years old. If they finish strong, they get the Panthers twice and the Jets, so a very favorable schedule. But if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette can't play or are held out and he's lining up with a bunch of guys that we have to look in the media guide to find out who they are, he could struggle down the stretch. Aaron Rodgers has some big games. He's going to be in front of a national audience. Christmas Day. But if you're getting in late now on Aaron Rodgers, his odds were much better earlier than they are now. You know, the one guy I keep an eye on, and I don't know if he can actually win it, is Justin Herbert. If the Chargers get hot and Coach Staley doesn't blow it by trying to prove that every decision should be made based on analytics down the stretch, then I think he's a guy that people like and will gravitate to. But, I mean, it looks like a two-horse race based on the odds. I just don't see a lot of value in Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers at those prices. Well, the discussion that I know will happen uh, all day today throughout the week is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, runs for a buck he 70. He didn't really have a great game. Like, if you can run for 170 and it kind of be like, ah. Uh, he didn't have a great game? If you game? take away the last run where Dante Hightower misfits the gap on third down, I mean. It's not, it, it's it not just Jonathan was, Taylor's fault. I know, but it wasn't like, you know what a running back is, is like, captivating. You look at it like, oh, my God, like Derrick Henry when he's stiff-armed three guys or, you know, Barry Sanders when he's changing direction, making a gazillion people miss. Listen, Jonathan Taylor's a super elite back. But when you watch that game outside of that last carry, he didn't look like the NFL MVP. It just was a workmanlike effort. And I think with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers being the favorites, he'd have to be so dynamic in his presentation to actually win the award. I just don't see that happening. I mean, he's going to lead the league in rushing. Uh, he's gone over 100 right. yards. There'll be an f- asterisk on that. Five of the last six, seven he, of the last nine. His rushing title will have an asterisk. It'll, every, people will say, well, it's because Derrick Henry got injured. Because when Derrick Henry got injured, so. he was first. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I disagree. I, and, I, look, I, I don't think a 10-to-1, no, there's, Jonathan Taylor's not worth a bet. Now, if you got in early, you know, you got 40, 50-to-1 because running back. I mean, we haven't had a running back win this award in 10 years. Right. Adrian Peters was last to do it. So, I don't think he will win, but it certainly will be in the discussion, and I think he'll get some votes. Uh, Offensive player of the year, he and uh, Cooper Cup are are vying for that. Uh, But, yeah, it's it's fascinating how it felt like Tom Brady had locked up MVP, and then they lay that turd in the punch bowl last night. Punch bowl. And now we've got got ourselves a battle. Jay Gruden, former Washington football head coach and Sean King's coach, will join us top of the hour right here on VCU. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.